0: Welcome to the Super Sentai Brothers. This is episode 14 of Licensed to Car Ranger, the internet's best and only podcast dedicated to Gekiso Sentai Car Ranger. Every week we watch an episode of the show and we share our thoughts with you, the listener. My name is
1: Matt J. With me as always is my co-host and brother Dave. Dave, how you doing today? Not bad, man. Not bad. I am very, I'm a lot more relaxed than I've been. My shows are over for the year. So my, my whole life is kind of, I've gotten my life back a little bit. So it's really Congratulations. nice. Congratulations. Very yeah, happy to hear it. Thank you. Show went well this year, so...
0: Yeah, I know that has been. Uh, I know that's been sort of dominating your uh, schedule recently. Which yeah, is, yeah, you know, I man, it it, all, it always does. Um, yeah, yeah, it's, it's just, just like, a
1: huge time thing. But it's fun and
0: yeah. But yeah, you know, it, it sort of dominates our schedule once or twice a year. Um, it has been. It's been a couple of weeks since we've done a regular episode.
1: Yeah, it actually has been. It feels it's good to get back in the saddle. I
0: think. I think since we have done it, the the crocuses have uh, bloomed and then gone away. The daffodils are now out. They're, the the trees are budding. Dave, uh, WrestleMania has come and gone, so it's <laughs> all the traditional spring. signs of spring. <laughs> um, but I'm excited, Dave, to uh, shift into this next gear of Call Ranger. Um, Speaking of that, Dave, today we are watching episode 14. It is called, and I promise you this is not a joke, it is called Full Acceleration into Hellish Lightning. Um, It was uh, written by our old friend, Hirohisa Soda. Original air date was May 31st, 1996. You know, if we keep missing episodes, eventually we are going to be like right on the... Like the the original air date anniversaries of these things? Because we're not you too know, far off.
1: I, there's part of me, I don't propose that we purposely get further behind than we are. But if we do, I think that'll actually kind of be fun
0: in a way. I think it would be fun. Although if we do that, that means we can't miss episodes anymore. Yeah,
1: that's true. <laughs> Um, But,
0: yeah, it's very exciting uh, I'm very excited about talking about this episode, Dave But before we get into that, of course, as always Shining in the heavens, there are five stars What is our first Star of the Week?
1: So our first Star of the Week, Matt, is I'm sure you've seen it, everybody's seen it The whole universe has seen it It's been broadcast into space Uh, The new Star Wars trailer is out Yes! And it's it's super good Dude,
0: man, I I feel like this is the third or fourth time this has been a star, but the thing about it is, Dave, that Star Wars trailers are always good because well, I always love Star Wars, even when Star Wars isn't good. But now Star Wars is good, so I get to love it and not have to apologize to anybody. Well,
1: okay, this is the actual thing I wanted to talk about for a second, not the fact that the, that the trailer is good, although it is very good and I am obviously looking forward to this movie. The thing that I kind of wanted to chat about was that Star Wars trailers are always good. And they are good in a... uh, Here's the thing that I think is fantastic about a Star Wars trailer. They might be the most perfect trailers. Because I know... I know nothing about this movie after having watched the trailer... Right. Yeah. The only thing I know about it is the characters that I knew were going to be in it are in it, and, and like o- and they also are Lando. S- yeah, and they are on some level having the conflict that I assumed that they were going to have, and part of it takes place in like a desert world because that's where the trailer is set. But aside from that, like I know nothing about this. I know less about this than I know about, like Avengers Endgame which is coming out very soon and is also like a gigantic movie.
0: Mm-hmm. And, which I'm also excited about. Which I'm
1: also very excited about, obviously.
0: Also, man, good trailers for Endgame going on.
1: Yeah, they are very good trailers for Endgame, but not as good as the Star Wars trailers.
0: Yes, although, man, okay, let's let's continue to talk about Star Wars. I do have a brief coda on the end of this discussion that I want to say about the, the new Avengers trailers.
1: For sure. And so the thing that I was wondering is like, is it just that they just make very good trailers for these movies because they know it's a super important thing? And I don't think it's just that because obviously Star Wars and Marvel are both owned by Disney, so mm-hmm. they've both got like they've—I would assume—they have like their best people, the best trailer man in the business, working on these things. Oh man! And you, I, you gotta love a good trailer man. And here's what I'm thinking: I—I I think it's just gonna be something about star wars specifically and i think it's just that star wars is so laden with like culturally gigantic symbols Mm -hmm. that they don't actually have to give you very much in order to convey, like, the vibe of Star Wars, right? Yeah, well, like I mean, Star, Wars, you-
0: Star Wars has two things going for it, right? Like, Star Wars A is, like, extremely mythological, right? Like, it's not sci-fi, it's fantasy in yeah. space. But, like, very specifically, it is, like, mythology in space. And so it plays on a lot of the mythological tropes that are sort of, like, built into, like, how... Human culture has progressed. But also, on top of that, it has this sort of double layer of being pop culture mythology. So it's the right. stuff that resonates with all people, like, from humanity, but then also resonates specifically with us right now because we grew up with Star Wars. I feel like I'm talking to much about star wars being good but i like it a lot and it's our show so well no no
1: but no i think this is the thing is that i think if you're doing the trailer you can kind of like you know all of that stuff like honestly the new trailer could have just been like you see daisy ridley's face and it's like a little bit dark and then you hear the lightsaber noise like that that noise Uh And then like her face glows blue a little bit, and then like that's the end of the trailer. And like like, everybody,
0: you know you're buying a ticket,
1: right? And then like you hear like a little John Williams score in the background, and then like that's it. That's the whole thing, and that's really all you need because you're like, oh right, Star like Star Wars is less about trying to sell you a ticket than it is like reminding you that Star Wars exists and that there's a new one coming out so that you can go see it. Um but anyways, I think the only I was thinking about it just now, I think the only other thing that you maybe could do that with if you had a good movie, would be uh, Superman. I think you could do okay. a Superman trailer that was like that kind of minimal. Well as, as I, minimal as this Star Wars trailer was, and I think it would work. I I have said
0: for years that my favorite Superman movie is the trailer to Man of Steel. Like, Man of Steel is a bad movie, but the trailer, the trailer man for Man of Steel it rules, yeah. is so good and made me feel so, like, man. Like, I, I gave those DC movies the benefit of the doubt for the long time based on a three-minute trailer that was so good. Did I ever tell you that I met a trailer, um, like, editor one time at a hostel in Prague?
1: Huh. No, you definitely did not.
0: Okay, I, I was going to say some stuff about the the Avengers trailers, but I'm going to jettison that now to tell you this. Um, one time I was at this hostel in Prague. The hostel was called the Sir Toby Great Place. had a bar in the basement, and I was sitting in this bar in the basement of the hostel, and I was talking to just some guy who was also there, and that guy, it turned out, his job was he was a trailer man. Like, he edited trailers, and I asked him, What is the trailer that you liked most that you did? And what is the one that you felt most bad about because you tricked somebody into going to see this movie?
1: And the Hmm. trailer... Those are two very good questions. I don't know that I would have had the presence of mind to ask that specific question.
0: I mean, I was talking to this guy for a while. And I feel badly because I don't remember the exact answer. The the answer of of the one that he liked the most was the trailer for um, Blades of Glory... The, well, um, that is the, a
1: funny trailer and a funny movie.
0: the The one that he felt the most badly about was he did the trailer for one of the Uve uh, Ball. I I don't remember which movie it was, except that it was an Uve Ball movie.
1: It and doesn't. Like, I mean, yeah, you you've already said enough.
0: Yeah, and he was like, Man, they gave me that footage and I made it look as good as possible, and now for the rest of my life I have to know that I convinced people to go see a movie that I knew was bad.
1: <laughs> anyway, movies are great. Movies are great. Matt, what is our second star of the week? You know what might be great
0: and also might be awful? Hmm. I have I, I mean, have been... all sorts of stuff, but I've been playing a video game, Dave. You know how I like to do that. And it's a Tetris video game. But it's not just a regular Tetris. It is Tetris 99.
1: Oh. Okay. I mean, I know that this game exists and that it's Tetris-that's all I know about it.
0: Okay. Are you okay? That's all you know about it. Here is the deal with Tetris 99: Tetris 99 is a Tetris game that is also a battle royale sort of game. Where. Hmm. Well, I'm immediately
1: less interested.
0: Right. So I I started playing it because I'm like, okay, I love Tetris. Tetris is a game that, like, I'm not great at Tetris, but I've been playing it for an extremely long time. And I know how Tetris works. Like, I, I have the theory of Tetris in my brain, even if, like, the the muscle the Right, the execution to, is. Yeah, is the execution right, yeah. falls short. But I know how Tetris is supposed to work. So I thought, I'm going to play this game. Here's how it works. You and 98... Loops.
1: You, yes, lose, you lose every
0: works. time. So it's you and, I think, 98 other people playing Tetris at the same well, time. Well, that
1: would make sense. Um, and
0: you just play Tetris to the best of your ability, and every time that you clear a row, or a series of rows, it adds rows to one of the other people that is playing's, like, board.
1: Like, Randomly?
0: I there is a way to not do it randomly to like target people. I did not get nearly far enough in this game to understand like the mechanics or like theory behind targeting other people. But like, if you are not targeting people, it just sort of like shoots randomly to the other people in the game. Okay, so what the game is is you play Tetris to the best of your ability, and then and then you are like, oh man, I am doing so good, and then all of a sudden, like half of the board is just filled up with full blocks. And you cannot win because there is not enough time for you to, like, get rid of those blocks. And then you get angry and you're like, man, maybe I could do better next time. And then you do it again. And it's extremely compelling. But it's also extremely frustrating and heartbreaking. And makes me feel bad about a game that I really thought I knew how to play. Um, Listen,
1: dude. No, you made a mistake. You Because here's the thing. You thought you knew how to play a game and then you played that game online. Yes,
0: that is always the problem, right? Like, I it is a game. Like, I have been playing Tetris for, what, I'm 34 years old? Let's say that I've been playing since I was 14. I'm sure I've played before I was 14. That's two solid decades of Tetris, and mm-hmm. I still am bad at this game.
1: Listen, yeah, I mean, uh, no, Matt, you're not, it's not necessarily that you're bad, you're just not internet good. You're not as good as somebody who has made this their part and or full-time job. Like, don't feel bad about yourself. Like, I I used to play
0: Tetris in class, in college. Like, there, there were notes that I should have taken about Russian history that I never did because I was playing Tetris. And yet, I still am not good enough to compete with these people, and it drives me crazy. Because if that's the case, I should have just learned more about Russian history. Like, I shouldn't have wasted the time. Anyway, Russian history is good, and I guess that Tetris is actually part of it. Uh, so, that's that's all sort of full circle. Dave, what is our third star of the week?
1: So, our third star of the week, Matt, is uh, it's a, it's a vaguely woodworking thing. Okay. So I um I've been working on this project for the twins, and they they love the monkey bars at the playground, and they don't. Obviously, we don't live at a playground. Sure. And so I'm making them some little monkey bars that will live inside the house. Oh, fun! That they can play on, which will be cool. And so I'm like building this thing, and I'm like, oh, like I'll you know, we smooth it out. I got this plane to like level things out. And I'm like, man, this this plane. Is not working super well. Like, let me go online, and I've I've kind of set it up as as best I know how. So, like, clearly I'm doing you know clearly I'm doing something wrong. Mm-hmm. So, like, let me go online, and I'll find some videos of just like how do you make a plane be better at its its job, right? And so the the quick version of it is that I have discovered is sharpening. Like, you just have to sharpen it like a lot more than you would think you would. And there's some other things you have to do. But I have started to go down and I've stopped myself, but I have started to, like, research the rabbit hole of sharpening things. Ooh, I feel like that is a deep rabbit hole. Dude, it's... It is extraordinarily deep. Like... So much deeper than you would possibly think. I mean, except no, you just you did just say that you thought it would went really deep. it goes i'm gonna, I'm, I'm sure deep. that
0: even though I think it goes deep, it goes way deeper than I'm thinking that it goes.
1: I mean listen this is this is the era of the internet. and so you know that like there are just whole forums dedicated to this. and now uh thankfully, I have not spent this much money. I did a little research and I managed to sort of like uh, rig some stuff up for, for fairly cheap. But it would, you could very easily drop the, you know, thousands, thousands of dollars. That's so Not many dollars. 1000 Matt, insane amounts of money on on these things. Um, on like tools and supplies and like The the thing, because, okay, so like, basically what you're doing anytime you're sharpening stuff is you're just taking metal off, right? You're taking metal off of of a thing, and so what's left is like sharper, right? This has also led me, uh, I've had a lot of questions recently about how Wolverine's claws are as sharp as they are. Sure. Because obviously we know they stay sharp because they're adamantium. Of course. But how did they get is sharp as they are well Dave there's a lot of there's a lot of question about that
0: because of course they were not you know they weren't installed as claws they just
1: formed on top of his pre-existing bone claws right anyways, I don't want to go down this so but and so as you're doing this you're you're basically just using like I think of it like sandpaper right you're using finer and finer grits yeah to remove ever like smaller and smaller particles of metal but dude, it gets up to like like six, so sandpaper, like sandpaper that almost you you that you could like use to like exfoliate your feet, right, mm-hmm. is like fifteen hundred grit. Okay. okay, Uh so these sharpening supplies go up to. This is not a joke. Like 30,000 30, grit. That's a lot of grit. It's in it's, it's madness. There is like a single lone voice of reason in all of this, and I've talked about him before. His name is Paul Sellers, and he's just this like old English guy who's been doing woodwork for like sixty years.
0: Uh-huh.
1: Uh huh. And he's just like, eh, you know, a lot of people talk about how you have to. I'm not doing his accent right. I'm just doing sort of a vague British accent. Uh huh. Um, he's like he's like a lot of people talk about. You have to have like sixteen thousand grit. That's crazy. 400 is fine. He's like, I've gone my entire career. Look at this amazing chest I made. Subtext. It's better than anything you'll ever make. (laughs) Like, I made it using a a plane that I sharpened to 400 grit. You'll be fine. Uh, But everybody else is like, if you are not sharpening to like 16,000 grit, you may as well just be like hitting it with a rock, you caveman.
0: (laughs) Um. How dare you? How dare you pretend that you have a sharp tool? Yeah. <laughs> um, you anyways, fool.
1: You absolute
0: clown. How so, could you?
1: So I have I've done some. Uh, I have done. So I've, I've started a little bit because I, I messed around with it. I was like, oh, wow, this really is like way better. So I, all these, because everybody was right, right? All the people that know what they're talking about. Turns out they know what they're talking about. And, uh, and so I've started goes. a little bit down the path and uh it is but i'll tell you dude it is like sharpening like having sharp tools is also great but the act of sharpening is like deeply satisfying because you're just kind of sitting there and you're just sort of like you really feel like a like a craftsman even though like you're kind of in your my case you're kind of a schlub like you're like oh i've got like my stuff and i'm like Sending it and then I'm sort of like wiping it off and looking at it and then going back again. Um, it speaks to something very deep <laughs> in my soul. It's tons of fun. What Matt? I'll let you know once I get everything sort of like set up and ready to go. I'll uh, I'll report back in. Okay. So what Matt is our fourth star of the week?
0: Uh, fourth star. I'm going to blow through this pretty quickly because I really want to talk about our fifth star and we've been going long. Oh yeah, um, we have. But uh, speaking of gear, Dave, maybe twice a year. I get this thought in my head where I think, man, this is the time. Finally, at long last, I'm going to get serious about bowling. And I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, Matt, I know you're an uncle, but you're not that much of an uncle, right? Well, okay, De- okay, Deeply, so I you deeply have... in me, I, I've got that uncle soul. And part you know, of that I... is that I want to bowl all and the time. I know...
1: That you like
0: bowling. Yes, I do. I, I, I like bowling a lot. It's a great game. Um, but I'm like, man, once a year, I don't just start thinking about, like, I should join a league. I'm like, I should buy a bowling ball and bowling shoes. Like, and that that's as far as I get, right? Like, the ball and shoes are as far as I get. And then I go online and I start to look for, like, man, I can buy this. This stuff is for sale. People buy it all the time. There's a whole industry about, around this. Here's the problem, Dave, with shopping for a bowling ball and bowling shoes online. Is that the aesthetic of bowling that I have grown to appreciate over the years mm-hmm. is the aesthetic of the of the bowling alley, right? You go, you get the shoes. The shoes are like three different colors, and they look like a ska clown wore them one time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then the bowling ball is just like one, one color, and it has the number of how many pounds the ball weighs, like imprinted on the ball. And like, that—that that is what I want. But when you go to buy a bowling ball and bowling shoes online, that is not what you find. In fact, you need to go out of your way to find something that looks that basic. Because if you want to buy a bowling ball online, bare minimum, you're buying something that looks like a... like a galaxy, like a galaxy made out of cosmic fire.
1: Mike, okay, and that's entry level. Yeah, real question. Real quick though, can you buy a replica Carmine the Bowler bowling ball like from the Mystery Man, Dave? The answer is absolutely (laughs) one hundred
0: percent. You can buy that, but I feel like you can't. Like, like. Spiritually, you cannot buy that until you are a good bowler. Like that is not the first bowling ball that you buy. Because if you, sh- if I showed up to a bowling league with a like a big clear ball with a skull in it, and then I barely broke a hundred, like I could never go to that bowling alley again. But everything looks like they're all covered in, like, yes, here is the scorpion. The scorpion will murder the bowling pins. You don't know want the scorpion? That's fine. How do you feel about the viper? No, you're not into the viper? How do you feel about the, the claw badger? Are you, are you the rhino? The rhino destroys everything in its path. Like, this is all how bowling balls look. And so I can't buy one. I Dude, just, listen. I Matt. just want one that's the right weight that I can bring with me that has the number stamped into it, so I can just pretend to be a normal guy, but actually have something that
1: works. Matt, do you listen? Do you do you want to be strong like Bear? I uh, Dave,
0: I do want to be strong like Bear, but I don't necessarily <laughs> need to have like the imprint of a snarling bear on top of a like a blue and silver and gold bowling ball. <laughs> That just has the words like, man, y'all suck. Now it's time for the real bowler to show
1: up. Listen, I am sure. Okay, I think you're going about this backwards, Matt. You've got to go to a league and just like go to a league, join like a pickup league or something and tell them like, Hey, listen, man. Uh, I kind of want to get into this, but like, I'm not in the market for the scorpion, right? So, like, where where can I go? And I'm sure some kindly soul, probably named Stew, will be able to help you out. Right? Like, I I don't need to buy a bowling. Like in D and
0: D terms, I do not need to buy the delayed blast fireball of bowling balls. I just want to buy, like, a second-level spell, right? Like, right. that's not unreasonable. But I don't know if I can use those terms at a bowling league to tell people what I'm into.
1: You know, listen, Matt, if there is any sport where I think you would be okay, I th- <laughs> I think it's bowling. Unless you count, like, an intramural Quidditch league at, at a college. Um I also have, like, a low-key gripe about about Quidditch leagues, because I feel Dave, like if they had... Dave,
0: I'm sorry. Uh, we have been... We, uh, we're on the fourth star, and we've been recording for about 25 minutes. I would love to hear your low-key gripe about Quidditch leagues. Can we do it next episode?
1: Yeah, we sure can. Okay, Dave.
0: Fifth star of the week. Last time that we got together, uh, we, we did something a little special. We had some fun. We did. Uh we 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 pl- we had a little joke played ourselves a prank um and we talked about an episode of a show an episode that did not exist of a show that did not exist
1: Yeah that's true uh so this was our fun this was like the best version of of April Fools pranks we did a little a little jokey joke on you guys and uh, we, like Matt says, we we made up an episode of a show, and this year it was Chef Ranger. Yes, we, and so we thought it would be fun.
0: We we've done one of these before last year, of course. We did uh, Putu Restu Sentai Ringo Ranger, which was our professional wrestling one. Uh, but this year, this year we have uh, sort of gone to a to a, dug it dug into a new well, and we did Chef.
1: Yes. And uh, we just thought it might be fun to kind of chat about a little bit behind the scenes about kind of uh, how that happens.
0: Yeah, because it's it's one of those like we do it very rarely, but it um, it's always very fun to do. And the, the way that we do it is, I think, potentially interesting to hear about. And I hope that it is because this is the only thing we have scheduled for a fifth star. Um, so, so what we do is we, we start off by sort of kicking some ideas around. We, we had a couple of, um, ideas that I think we're going to try to save for later times because we didn't, we weren't able to sort of like fully flesh them out. We just sort of kicked around themes because like every, you know, obviously every Sentai has a theme, you know, like Car Ranger has a car theme. So we're like, okay, what could be the theme of this show? And we, we went through a couple of things. Before we landed on the Chef Rangers, and the thing about picking a theme is, like, you need to find something where there's enough variety, right? Where, like, each individual person can kind of have their own thing, and you can, even if we're not doing all 50 episodes, obviously, we can build it out in such a way that it seems like there could have been 50 episodes of it.
1: Yeah, like there's kind of a sweet spot, and also I feel like we do uh, maybe overly constrict ourselves <laughs> a little bit because it is weirdly important to me, and I think to you that whatever concept we come up with, as you mentioned, could theoretically work for an entire season. Yeah, and and there's
0: a as you say, there's a sweet spot because if like, you want to have it be good, right? Like you want to have it be internally consistent, but what you Don't want to do is forget the fact that, like, if this were a show, it would be a Sentai show, and so the theme would only sort of half make sense. Like, you don't ever want to go too deep in where it's like, oh, yeah, of course, all of these like weird bits like fit together like clockwork because you've really thought through the theme. It's like, no, you're supposed to half think through the theme and then take out like three things, and so it's all kind of floating in this weird limbo of like weird Sentai Soup and then you can do it.
1: Yeah, if you've if you've thought about it too much, it kind of falls apart. Um so what what so, did, what yeah, did so, we come
0: up with beforehand?
1: So well, okay, if you are not like super up on the the lore of this, uh basically we did not just do Chef Ranger, we did Iron Chef Ranger. Oh yeah. Very uh, specifically. We, yeah, we straight up yoinked all the names and actually a lot of the Ranger colors from the old original uh, Iron Chef, uh, a Japanese Iron Chef show. Yeah, not so not like all the name, Chen Kanichi. Yeah, our Yellow Ranger was just that was Iron Chef Chinese was Chen Kanichi. The,
0: the 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 French Chef Ranger was a Hiroki based on Hiroyuki Sakai. Uh, and then we we did kind of uh, get some like slant rhyme versions of names so that we could get two uh, female rangers in there because we didn't want a team of all dudes and all of the oh Iron yeah chef yeah were dudes.
1: yeah. Um, but aside from that we kept uh, most of the same colors uh, that the that the chefs themselves like wore on the show so the only switch up we did was uh, Iron Chef Japan was usually like blue and gray and Iron Chef French was red and we flipped those because of course we felt like Iron Chef or Chef Ranger Japan would be the red ranger right i mean in a and sentai so we, we show their colors. of course yeah, of course. So uh, we come up with that ahead of time. So we come up with like the theme and the names of the characters, so that we can refer to them as something. And I think we, yeah, we came up with each individual ranger's theme. So like we knew, uh, you know, Chen Kanichi was going to be. The, the Chinese chef ranger. Right. And we knew and, that and, and, Hiroyuki Sakai was going to be the French one.
0: But also, a lot of it was just, like, based on having done a bunch of Sentai stuff. So, like, once we knew that Chen Kenichi was going to be the yellow ranger, we're like, oh, well, the yellow ranger is always the big strong one. So, here are, like, three things that we already know about him. Right. Um, The other thing that we really figured out ahead of time is we we spent a few minutes figuring out what the hook of the villains were going to be.
1: So we, yeah, we did not. S- no, we did. We, we spent about as much time as on a, as we did last year. Yeah. So we knew that the big villains were going to be like international, like restaurant critics or restaurateurs, and we knew that their thing was that they made uh, monstrous ingredients. So all the monster of the week were going to be food oriented. Yeah, but like honestly, beyond that,
0: we like we kicked a couple of specifics around, like just to get ourselves excited about it. But other than that, we just. We had like a brief cheat sheet of like proper nouns, and then the rest of it was mostly improv.
1: Yeah. Well, you know, listen, Super Sentai is pretty formulaic. Uh huh. And we've watched a lot of it. And so we just, you know, you just know that like there are certain beats that are always going to happen. Like there's going to be some sort of cold open. The monster probably won't be there, but maybe. Uh, you know, then they have a first encounter with the monster. Then they have to like go back and figure something out, and like what's going on with the monster. And they fight it, and usually they lose, or at least like don't win a decisive battle. And then they have to loop back around, and then they win again, and then they summon their giant robot, and then that's it.
0: Yeah, actually, the, the summoning of the giant robot was one of the very few times in the episode where we had to like pause and take another minute to figure stuff out because Dave introduced the idea that it, that a giant robot was showing up. But we had not actually figured out what that giant robot was and what it was made out of yet.
1: Oh, yeah. So we did. We did pause. Because we do try to do these with... Because you know, part of the fun and challenge of it is doing it ad lib. Yeah. So we really try to keep the, the editing to a minimum. And, and, but we did have to stop and figure out what the giant robot was going to And be.
0: honestly, the um, part of it, I think, that makes it something that you and I feel comfortable doing is that we've played D&D for a very long time. True. And doing these episodes is kind of like doing a two person D game where both people are the player, but instead of having a dungeon master, you like we had the sort of like the looming structure of like what we knew it had to be. Then we were both sort of playing against that.
1: Yeah, so like no no individual person was telling us how the story was going, but like we know that it has to kind of go in in a certain direction, right? Like our, um, our
0: dungeon master was forty five years of sentai tradition, basically.
1: Yeah. So that's, but I mean, really, that's it. Like we kind of knock out the broad, the broad beats or the broad strokes, rather, and uh, and everything else is improv, kind of playing to playing to type, like within the within the oove of sentai. Yeah. So that's
0: it, it's very fun for us to do. I hope we get to do more in the future. Um, but Dave, speaking of things that are very fun. Uh, Why don't we take our break? Uh, We're going to go watch episode 14 of Gekiso Sentai Car Ranger. Um, Again, written by Hitler Hsu May 31st, 1996. You can watch it on the DVDs or on ShoutFactory.tv. I recommend you do. This is a good one. We will be right back. Okay, we are back. Dave, episode 14, full acceleration to Hellish
1: Lightning. Maybe the most metal title that we've gotten so far? I think not only out of Car Ranger, but maybe all of Sentai that that I can remember. I don't remember anything that sort of like Rammstein-esque before this. I don't, just heads up, I don't know metal bands. I've got like Rammstein and Judas <laughs> I was Priest. Say, that was an interesting poll. <laughs> and uh, those, that's who I've got. Uh, Sabbath, I guess Black Sabbath is a. Are they like metal? Are they like proto-metal? Uh, are they like I, what? Are they a primordial soup from which metal springs? I was going to say ooze, but yeah. Okay, yeah, that would make sense. Uh, so, anyways, so this episode opens up on Minoru selling. Well, he's at a okay. racetrack. Dude, I hate
0: I hate to interrupt
1: you already. Please, but this episode opens with a new opening. Oh, you know what, dude? I had a ton of trouble watching this episode. Like my internet was all janky, and so I skipped over it
0: because oh, I was dude. like,
1: "If this is going to be janky, I don't want to waste time okay. on an opening."
0: Here's the thing. Uh, pay attention next episode then, because not only is there a new opening, like video sequence. Okay, they've actually remixed the song. No kidding. Yeah, and, like, it's not that different, right? Like, if it had been a couple of weeks since you'd seen an episode, you might not immediately notice. But, yeah, they remixed the song, kind of, like, sped it up a little bit and recut all of the video stuff for it. Um, and apparently, this was the first time in Super Sentai that they had done that. The first and one of two only times that they've done it.
1: Oh. Well, I dig it. So, That's cool. Yeah. I mean, I, mean, anyway, I don't dig not, uh, it.
0: Not to derail too much, but I wanted... In case someone is coming to this show for, like... I desperately need to get all the details about Car Ranger. I did not want to let that bit of trivia pass us by.
1: Well, thank you, Matt. Uh, no, I'll be... Uh, I'll check it out next time. So, after what is apparently a very good opening sequence that I will check out at some point in the future, uh, the episode opens at a racetrack, and Minoru is there. And this just seems weird to me, because he's selling... Like an, as far as I can tell, like an illegal fuel additive uh-huh. that he says will boost your engine's power by a million... I think he says a million percent. He does. This this turns out to be a lie. Yeah, this is he definitely cops a to lie. Pretty
0: quickly, but he uh, is.
1: And plus, he is at a
0: go kart racetrack. Yeah, this is not like NASCAR. This these are children. I want to say
1: <laughs> I think boosting the power of a go kart by a million percent, boosting the power of any vehicle by a million percent. Has got to be just extraordinarily dangerous, and given oh, that he is at, it's, as it's you astonishingly say, astonishingly
0: <laughs> irresponsible,
1: a child's a child's recreational driving area. This is wildly irresponsible. Uh, also, so here's my my I'm my theory on this is that this is a side hustle for Minaru. because Pegasus Motors does not do this. Like, isn't their thing? They're not a chemical company. They're like an engineering firm. So if if Minoru has access to like ridiculously powerful, they're not actually. But like if he has access to fuel additive supplements, this has got, he has joined an MLM. He's joined a multi-level marketing thing. <laughs> like this is him on his hustle. He's on his day off. He's trying to make some extra bucks. Um, okay, here here's my theory on it, Dave is that you know you've got you've got
0: all five car rangers right like right uh like Kyosuke is the test driver um then you know you've got like your mechanic you've got your accountant you've got your right, you've got the
1: whole you got the whole
0: design thing. person who has come up with this thing Dave if this is like making cars go supernaturally fast then it must involve the magic of car magic I feel like this is something that Dapu has created, and that he and Minoru are like working a side. Game this together. is a
1: okay. Got it. So, me, so Dapu is his upline in yes, this case.
0: That is so, his supplier.
1: So he shows up. Um, so he's trying to like nobody's biting. Well, and nobody except uh, Zelmoda, Lieutenant Zelmoda of the Reckless Driving Tribe, the Bazook Reckless Driving Tribe, just shows up. At the, at the thing, at the go-kart race. And he says, oh, it'll boost my power by a million percent, A Like, hook me up. Does not recognize Minaru.
0: Well, I mean, why would he? Because he's never met Minoru outside of him being the green racer.
1: Right, right, right. Well, just, you know, this is a... I actually thought it was fun. This is uh, you know, this is a secret identities season. Some seasons have secret identities, some don't. And this one is. So he's like, yeah, hook me up. Like, I'll buy your whole case. Um, he says, I'm trying to break the speed barrier.
0: And I think if
1: you were just a writer, that's like a fun thing to say. If you were a viewer who's really into flash comics, this has taken on a whole different, that statement takes on a whole different vibe, but it carries through. This is a very flash-esque episode of super sentai it
0: really is right and and also this does come after this definitely happens after infinite crisis i'm sorry crisis on infinite worlds um it does not happen before i don't think that like the the mark wade run on the flash where like he really explores the speed force stuff Mm -hmm. but like there, there there, must have been something like, to this, Like, it's not right?
1: impossible. It's not impossible is what you're saying. Yes. That, who is it that wrote this one? It's our uh, Yoshino, right? Yes. Yeah. It is not impossible that Yoshino, like, read some flashbooks. No, this is, this is like, Hirohisa Soda. Oh, sorry. It's, so it is not impossible that uh, Hirohisa Soda picked up some flashbooks. It was like, I can probably cops. I don't think anybody will not. Yeah, I could do this. Yeah. Uh, Well, okay, well, we'll hit some more of this later. Speaking of, do you still watch the Flash TV show? You know, I,
0: I have fallen off on it. I really liked the show, but I'm not good at keeping up with TV
1: shows. I also, I'm like two seasons behind, and it's, again, not because I don't, we've talked about how much I love this show. It's a great show. I just don't watch TV anymore, like basically ever. I just don't have time. So I, I watch one
0: show regularly And it's this one <laughs> Honestly
1: So anyways um,
0: So Zelmota he, yeah. he, he shows up He's like, man, if this is going to boost my speed by a million percent I want it Hey, also, are you telling the truth? Does it do it? And Minoru is, like, still in salesman mode Because he doesn't want to, like, break his secret identity He's like, well, okay, here's the deal Actually, it will increase your speed by 10% but man, it's gonna feel so good. It's gonna feel like it's a million percent.
1: Zamoto just says, good enough for me. Uh he takes it. Minoru, I just I love he just he's like, hey, 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 uh, you do need to pay for that. Yes. So <laughs> he doesn't just let the evil space villain, who is his mortal enemy, roll. He's like, I do I do need that cold hard cash.
0: I do need one million yen, please.
1: Yeah. So He pays him with, like, dimes. Uh, He just, like, turns the wumper bucket upside down and just starts dumping money into his hands, Um, which Mitaru is, like, disturbed by. So, Zelmoda, the next thing we see is Zelmoda, and he's on his bike, and he is racing. He's got a truly unique bike helmet.
0: I appreciate...
1: It seems weird to me that he has a bike helmet Aside from the fact that I think they're just trying to be responsible role models, like, for the actual children who watch the show.
0: Right. Like, he, of course, is a reckless driver, but the writers of the show are not. And so they put him in a bike helmet. But Zomoda's so head is in a horrible shape. You know, it's a, it's it's a, like a horrible weird... twisted monster
1: head. Yeah. And so his helmet is, like, this—it is truly bizarre. So he's—and blas- he is—he's going faster. It's like, whatever the supplement is that Minoru has given him, like, it does work. Well, and definitely so, knows his stuff. Yeah, so Zelmoda's flying by. Minoru apparently has, like, ducked off to the side, Excel changed, and is now trying to pull Zelmoda over. As he's flying down, Signalman pulls up and tries to pull them both over. Signalman, I love you. I, do, I would love if you paid some kind of attention to your surroundings.
0: Right. Signalman is very black and white. He does not care who is speeding. He just cares that he has seen people speeding, and he needs to give them citation.
1: Is he just, okay, Signalman, lawful good, then I would say, yeah, right? Like, I think that's actually a really good, that's a very good definition of lawful good. Like, I'm, I'm sorry, I know we're allies, but you did break the law, and I need to give you a space ticket.
0: So so Minerva is like listen I understand what you're trying to do but please look in front of us a little bit Zelmota is driving so quickly and we need to do something about it
1: Yeah so Zelmota's he's he's racing and I think uh it, we took a minute between our our timing got weird this week guys sorry Matt is he is this voiceover where he is talking about the Baki Baki legend.
0: No, okay. So here is what happens. We next cut to um, the BB Saloon on Baroparien.
1: Right. That's right. So this is like a flashback moment.
0: Right. Well, no, I think they are watching him do this on their like uh, on their
1: monitors. That's right. That's right. Thank you.
0: And and Inventor uh, Grotch is like, man, why is he so dedicated to going like just a little bit faster? He's really pushing it. Right. Like
1: and I th- I dig it,
0: but and all of a sudden. President Gynamo was like, oh my gosh. He's I know doing what it. he's doing. He's going for it. He's he's going the distance. He is going for speed. Um, he is trying to break the Baki... He's trying to match the Baki Baki legend. Is that what it is?
1: Yeah, it's the Baki Baki legend. This so, Sorry. So he's about to go into some stuff. Let me just say right now. This, I was not too super keen on President Gainemo outside of his great name or Zelmoda as like villains. Like there, it's like, all right, they're fine. This episode really like...
0: Dude, after this episode, I am half rooting for them. I was going to say, I'm so actually much. a
1: little... I'm, I'll tell you what, I'm way more into Gainemo and Zelmoda than I am into Dapu.
0: That's fair. That's yeah. absolutely fair.
1: Now, it should be remembered that President Gainemo does explode planets. He does yes, do that. Yes, he
0: explodes planets out of his sheer... He explodes planets because he's so horny.
1: Yeah, so that <laughs> is not a great look, President Gainemo. But but this episode, it, it does do a lot for, for my opinion of him. So he's like... So Gynamo explains. He says, the Baki Baki legend is a speed barrier that has never been broken. Yes. And legend says... That whoever breaks that barrier will become a hero with unbelievable powers. Right. And And
0: as he is saying this, we see a like montage of painted images of Zelmota having been transformed into like a Godzilla style kaiju, but like very definitely still Zelmoda with his weird head just crushing the Car Rangers. And President Gandamos is like, oh, I get it. Now that Signalman is here, Zelmota is worried that we're not going to win. And so he is pushing himself to like earn this weird legendary power so that we can turn the tide against Signalman and the Car Rangers.
1: Like and he like okay, so he does have like a weird inanimate monster face. But he definitely does seem to choke up for a second. He's like Zelmota man, like this guy. This guy, he's doing it. He's going for it. Uh, now, so we go back from there to Zalmoda, and mm. Zalmoda is going very, very fast.
0: And he's starting to push past the barrier. Yeah. You can tell like because we... there's like, and man, this feels very flash because not only does like weird lightning start to form around him, it is like straight up reverse flash red lightning.
1: Yeah. Uh... <laughs> right? I'm not making this no, up, it is. right? It is absolutely Eberthorn. uh Like, yeah, he's a bad guy and so as he is going uh it it creates this like the lightning and whatever it creates like a whirlwind behind him of of energy i guess or wind or mm-hmm. something and it flies up into the sky and it immediately creates a thunderstorm which blasts Zelmoda i don't think like on per it just you know it blasts him
0: the thing is i don't think it actually hits Zelmoda it's just that Zelmota hears the thunder and sees the lightning and freaks out and like just like drops the bike and crashes.
1: Oh, that's right. Now, when that happens, Minoru also kind of flips out. Yes,
0: but like, he is he a little just, bit he's behind, super scared. so he's not like yeah. he's not like in he's not in the blast zone of the lightning. So he and Signalman show up to where Zelmoda has crashed. And Signalman is like, man, what happened to you? And Minoru, because Minoru is amazing, says, oh, well, of course, what's happened here is that he's so terrified of the Green Racer that he wasn't even able to continue to run away from us. And then as soon as he says this, the lightning strikes again. And Minoru, who had apparently been able to keep it together until this point, completely flips out with this lightning.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Um, so, Zelmoda unleashes the Wumpers. Minaru is totally. He's useless. Like, he can't do anything. He's literally, like, clinging to Signal Man. Right. For, Signal for Man comfort, is, I guess. Is, Signal Man is
0: trying to beat up all the Wumpers and also arrest Zelmoda but he can't because Minaru is freaking out so much and just, like, grasping his arm. Be like, no, we need to run. The lightning.
1: The lightning. There's <laughs> so much of it. So, Zelmodo definitely gets away. hmm And we go from there just back to Pegasus Motors. Where everyone
0: f- is so disappointed. They
1: are. All four rangers, and Dapu, I think, have, like, lined up at a table, and you're just staring at Minoru disapprovingly. And it's like, like it's super like, harsh.
0: They're like, dude, you are one of the car rangers. Uh, it, it's Naoki who says this, and as he says, like, dude, you're one of the car rangers, he does the little, like, car ranger pose with the thumbs up.
1: But I'm it's like, like on, a super, man. uh, it's like a very chill, it's like the very conversational version of <laughs> right. Kevin going through the whole pose. He's like, dude, like, we're car rangers! Like, what's going on? And
0: Minero goes into his sad, tragic electricity backstory. Which, so of course, here, he
1: has. Yeah, so here is the sad, tragic electricity backstory. He's fishing he as a child. He was fishing. And he was trying to catch uh, eels for his dinner. And all the other kids were like, Minoru, we need to go in. There's a lightning storm coming. And was like, no, just a minute. Let me get this fish, though. And he does. And then he is struck by lightning. Yes. Now, I want to say, I think Minoru has the completely wrong perspective on this. Because as a child, he gets blasted by lightning, and the only thing that happens to him is that he gets, like, soot on his body and is, like, knocked back a little bit. Like, dude gets up, dusts himself off, and walks home. Meanwhile, let me tell you, if there's apparently one natural force in the universe you don't need to be worried about, it's lightning for some reason. You should be dead. (laughs) Exactly. You have some weird,
0: like, almost immunity to lightning. But this this tale, this tragic tale of Eel Woe, has made him f- afraid of lightning for the rest of his life. Or at yes. least up until this point.
1: Uh, and <laughs> they just come back, the Rangers, uh, stone-faced. They do not care at all. Like, right. dude, we are, we, we're we Like, you need to get past yeah. this. This is the, absurd.
0: The only one who is concerned about anything, and no one is concerned about this lightning, but Dapu says to himself, like, man, like, this lightning stuff is whatever. The thing that I am concerned about is that Zelmota is trying to, like, rival the Baki Baki legend.
1: Yeah, because he's the only one who knows what it is, of course. Right. Oh, uh, Minaru does say, he's like, hey, this is not just, like... Zelmota was also super, super freaked out about this lightning. Like, this is not just me. Right, lightning it's is scary. bad. Watch lightning out for it. So we go from there to the BB saloon. And Zelmoda is spilling his guts to President Gynamo. Right. And by He's the way, like,
0: they are the only people in the bar. The rest which, of the bar has been cleared out for this conversation. Dude,
1: which I think... I actually... I didn't think about it until you said it. But I mean, you are right, of course. And it it really makes this scene so much better. It does. Um, Like, they're just having this awesome heart-to-heart. Zelmoda's like, Gynamo, I just... Dude, I want to do this thing, like, for you, for me, like, for us, like, for the for the bozo reckless driving tribe. But lightning, it, I just, I can't get past it. He says, let me right. tell you why. And now we get his tragic lightning story. Yeah, so first of all, uh, we see Zelmoda as a child, and that is a nightmare that should not exist.
0: No, I I want to describe it to you, but I also don't want to put that image in your mind.
1: Yeah, it's, if it, listen trigger warning for for decency it's ter- like it's ter- like it's just gross and weird now maybe i feel like i'm overselling it for the no, sake yeah, of the basically
0: he, he is a teen he is wearing like a varsity jacket but his head is still the horrifying zelmoda head but it has like a little tuft of hair coming out of like the top point of it it's extraordinarily uh, upsetting.
1: Yeah. So, oh, man, I do just want to say I have been listening to Going the Distance by Cake in the background, and it's kind of working for me. It's like I have, like, a personal soundtrack for the podcast.
0: Dude, it's a jam.
1: That, like, nobody else is hearing, but it is a straight j- I actually listened to a bunch of Cake the other week because I just sort of remembered I remembered about Cake.
0: Dude, I go through those phases. Everyone's, like, once or twice a year, I just remember Cake, and then I have a Cake week.
1: Yeah, and I'm like, oh, yeah. These guys are great. Uh, Anyways, so he is on whatever, like, desolate hell planet Zelmoda grew up on. And there's a lightning storm. And he's sort of, like, jumping and sticking around. He's like, ha, 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 lightning. Like, you you got nothing on me, I I guess. He's, like, taunting lightning, which just seems like a weird thing to do. And he pulls his shirt up and he's like, even my belly button taunts you. If somebody can explain to me, like, the Japanese belly button thing, I would be indebted to you. Because there, like, it comes up enough. Right. This it is seems the second like time this season. Thing. Yeah. And I just have no, I have no idea what's up with that.
0: Now, that either means that this is a Japanese thing that we don't know about, or this is specifically a Bozo thing.
1: Man, okay. Well, that could be. That could be. Uh, so anyway, I'd be interested to know. He he shows the lightning his belly button, and then he gets blasted in the belly button by lightning, and then right that in the is, button. Yeah, and then he he freaks out about it. So, and he's like, "Dude, every time I'm I'm close to breaking the barrier, I I it creates lightning. Like it's just like the act of doing this creates lightning, and right, then I get freaked like once, out.
0: Like once I hit that speed." What happens is that, like, it creates turbulence in the air. And that turbulence, like, kicks up the atmosphere and makes a thunderstorm. So every time I try to break this barrier, I'm going to run into the same lightning problem. Because the thing was that Guy I was like, oh, like, listen, I totally understand being afraid of lightning. But don't worry, lightning doesn't come around a lot. Like, that's a pretty uncommon phenomenon. And he's like, really no, this it.
1: actually happens every single time. And the Guy was like, listen... We're in this together, like you and me, Zelmoda. And then we get a flashback. Like
0: even if it's just the two of us, we are a team,
1: right? And we get this awesome flashback of them, like basically as like it's the same costumes, but as like young President Gynamo and young Zelmoda, just like raising hell yeah. on the space highways, like
0: back and, like, when being... they were like when the Bozok was just the two of them.
1: Uh, And they had, like, a flag, and they're just, like, super bros. Yeah, and
0: there's this moment at the end of the flashback where, like, they had been fighting people in space, and they're, like, kind of beaten up. Like, you can tell that they are damaged because they're wearing some bandages. Yeah. But that they had ultimately been triumphant over what they were doing, and they're, like, you know struggling to like give each other a bro high five and they were like yes no matter what happens the two of us we will raise our flag over this galaxy and it's so good
1: these guys rule i did yeah. not know
0: how much these guys ruled until this episode and now i'm gonna be super bummed when one or both of them get exploded
1: yeah so president gunn was like Zelmoda, like it's you and me it's always been you and me like, I'll do it. Like, right. like, let me borrow your bike because, like, you you've got the kick in a spike, I guess. Right. Like, and like,
0: like, I can't let you take all of the risks. Like, I know that you want to take the risks because I'm the leader, and so like, I need to be safe. But
1: like, but we're I like we're the I, reckless I, driving tribe, dude. Like, I'll I'll do it.
0: Right. Like, I can't let you take all the risks. Like, I also need to be able to do this for you, for us, for the Bozok. And Zolmoda so looks at him. He's like, "You would be willing to go that far for me? That's amazing!" And then he jacks him in the face and knocks him out.
1: Yes, and then he runs back to Earth. He's like, "This is my mission. I will accomplish it.
0: I will like, do it for four. you and for me, and it's going to be amazing." Oh I've my god! Got gosh, to make this so happen. Good.
1: Um. So he, so he goes down, and uh, basically he does it.
0: Right, like, this moment has been enough of a pep talk that Zelmoda just no longer fears the lightning. Or rather, he is able to work through his fear to make it happen.
1: Yeah. So he does it. He breaks the Baki-Baki barrier. The... Here's my only problem with this episode. Okay. I feel like this this whole thing should have been, like, a much... This episode is, like, man, I'm gonna say, like, 30 episodes early. They should yeah, have kept hear this you. one in their back pocket and made what is about to happen like a much, much bigger thing, like for the end of the season rather than having it be like a monster of the week this this early on. Um, right.
0: Because what happens is that apparently the legend of the like the Baki Baki legend has been misinterpreted. Because the legendary power is not that Zelmoda is now all powerful it's that there was a being who existed beyond the baki baki legend barrier like the speed barrier who has been freed like a like a speed genie
1: yeah which so, is amazing what? yeah so it, it's... It, like, i don't want to take that away from this this is great no yeah it, no 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 i it's it's super great it's so great like again my only problem with it is that they they didn't do enough with this fantastic idea that they had so here is what this creature is. It's called Elekina. Electina? electina right? Elekinta. Elekinta, that's right. Right. It's Elekinta. And Elekinta is if there was a version of the Flash from the future where the Flash becomes like an evil warlord and mm-hmm. gets totally jacked, bro. Uh,
0: Dave, can I can I give an alternate DC Comics explanation as to what yeah, this guy looks like? Sure. He is like a cross between the Red Tornado and the Thunderbolt from the Justice Society.
1: Oh, yeah, that also works really well.
0: Thank you. I I I, I spent some time on that one.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so anyways, so La L- right.
0: I, I know it sounds like you're saying La Quinta, like La Quinta Inn, the, yeah. the hotel chain. And it's very much like that, but it's it's not quite. It's not quite. So
1: Elikinto's like, "Hey, what's up? Like you did it. Like you you did the thing. Great job."
0: Oh, also Elikinto has his own motorcycle.
1: Oh yeah, and there's a big uh, plus sign on it. Yes. And so Elikinto's like, "Sick. You did it. Like you have unlocked the power. You and me, like we're going to we're going to do this thing." And so he puts like a minus signal symbol on uh Zalmota's bike. And now it's like plus and minus, positive and negative charge, they are able to, to do like super lightning blasts. Right.
0: They have like sort of like combo abilities. Yes. So
1: the 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 Car
0: Rangers all show up, but they have showed up too late now, because of course now Zomoda and Ilaquinta have this like legendary lightning power, and they get one hundred percent destroyed by the lightning.
1: Yeah, it's it's not even a contest. Um It's
0: very cool.
1: Yeah, they get wrecked. And so it's actually so they're they're there fighting, and uh as soon as the lightning kind of hits, again, Minoru flips out. Like he mm-hmm. cannot handle it. Uh and he just runs. See this this is where the episode has some
0: trouble for me, because the timeline gets extremely hard to follow.
1: Yeah, because we're gonna we we're gonna have like a whole sequence with Minoru here and at the like in a secret sequ- it seems to be happening at the same time that Kyosuke and Naoki are just getting rocked right by so, and Zomoda actually everything, like,
0: everything that we're about to explain happens at the same time that Kyosuke and Naoki are just getting electrocuted by superpowered monsters yeah okay so Minoru runs away he is chased by um uh, Yoko, and uh, Natsumi, right? Yeah.
1: So and they, Dapu. Dapu's on right, the scene. Right, and Dapu has, like, shown up. And so they run up, and they're just like, Dude, what... Like, what is going on? And he's like, Man, I told you, I have gotten a thing about lightning. And they're like, get it together. Like, we're the car rangers. He's like, yeah, that'd be real cool. I would love to get it together. But you, I may have mentioned, I've got a thing about they don't call it a phobia because it's rational like right. i'm just gonna like you know i got nothing man so so dapu walks up he's like listen man i get it hey
0: real quick though could you for me as a favor reach your hand into this bucket and Minoru reaches into the bucket he's like, oh, Minoru,
1: guileless guileless he's just like what oh yeah for sure like dapu, a, no problem like like a child dapu, my friend like let me just put this hand. Let me put my hand in a covered bucket. Great.
0: Reaches in, and the bucket is full of eels. He's like, oh man.
1: Well, it's okay. It's got like one eel in it. Okay, a bucket like, full of eels is a sort of horrifying visual.
0: I mean, listen, a bucket full of one eel would not sit super great with me. But Minoru likes eels, I guess, or at least at least likes eating them. And he picks them up. He's like, ah, yes, the noble eel, <laughs> <laughs> so delicious. And then he gets electrocuted. Right. And Dapu's like, aha, I gotcha. These are electric eels from the Amazon. I'm training you to deal with electricity.
1: Just Okay, just as a side note, these 100% are not electric eels from oh, the Amazon. Oh, not even Those a little bit. bad boys are gigantic. These are, these are eating eels. And Dapu's like, right now, you're fine. Like, you get shocked by an electric eel. You realize it's not a big deal. You can go fight. Um, miru continues to flip out. And he yes. just, like, he runs away. The girls are like, Dapu, what? what are you thinking? And he's like, oh, I don't know. It seemed like a good idea at the time. I don't
0: know. I'm an idiot from space. It seems
1: cool. <laughs> Did you guys, for- I have car magic, but you guys seem to have forgotten that I am a literal child. Yeah. So, so, <laughs> so, so uh, we go and back. again
0: again, as a reminder, at the same time, Kyosuke and Naoki are being electrocuted to death by yeah, Zomoda and Lakinta. we
1: see, see, see some of that. So, we go from there, and then there's like a little spot in the woods, and Mineru's just sort of wandering around, and he happens upon uh uh Yoko and Natsumi,
0: Natsumi and Dapu. And Dapu. And they're just and they're cooking like, up a little meal. they just They've got cooking, a campfire going. They got
1: a little yeah, they got a little, little charcoal fire, and they're cooking up some eels. Minoru, because he's a dummy, does not put two and two together. But he's like, oh man. You guys have grilled eels? I love grilled eels. They're like, yeah, we know. You seem kind of down. We've made you some grilled eels. Go to town, buddy. Yeah.
0: So just hops in. He starts eating the eels. Yoko is looking at him in a very like, oh boy, this is probably going to go wrong sort of face. But everything's cool. He's eating the eels. He gobbles them down. He's so satisfied. He's having a great afternoon while his friends are being electrocuted to death. Yeah. And then Dapu sort of sidles up to him. He's like, "Hey, man, you know what you just ate? It's those electric eels."
1: <laughs> <laughs> and at first, Minoru kind of flips out. Right. Oh, also, and-
0: there is there is a like a special effect where he get is being zapped from the inside by the eels he just ate.
1: Yeah, they did not zap them while he was eating them. Just having finished them now. Now that he, it's just, this is like a Bugs Bunny on a cliff. Like now that he knows mm-hmm. they're electric. Uh, And so at first he starts to flip out. And then I can't remember who, but one of the three is like, no, 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 dude. you like, you beat it. You've conquered electricity as eel sonified in in this eel. (laughs) Like, the eel makes electricity. You were scared of electricity, but you ate the eel, so you beat electricity.
0: Yeah, and And now... (laughs) Yeah. He and totally mean, buys like, into this, and now he mean, is like, filled with right. electricity power.
1: I did! I def- I defeated electric- all of it! I defeated all of electricity <laughs> by eating this one eel. It's just like, let's go! And then he does a very good henshin. Yes, he is
0: way too energetic for the remainder of this episode, as though he is like overcharged with power and cannot stand still.
1: So uh, he 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 goes back. He joins the fight, and then of course uh, you know uh, Yuko and uh, Natsumi-Ju as well, mm-hmm. and they the, you know they get some licks in, and then Elekinta, There we go. Mm-hmm. Elekinta and Zomoto unleash like another. It's actually a very cool attack. They just are driving around in, in circles, and it's creating this like electricity tornado. Right, uh, which and, is awesome. And everybody else is being affected by the electricity,
0: but Mineru has eaten the eel. <laughs> and he's <laughs> and like, no! Well,
1: I think he's just... And he just hulks get... out, basically. Yeah, well, I think this is... It's not really that impressive, because we've already established that Minoru, for some reason, is like basically immune to electric blasts. right. But now so he, he is, just remembers
0: that. Yes. So he's being zapped by all this electricity and just starts, like, busting through it and punching Zelmota in the face. And Zelmota's like, no, how could this happen? I got the legendary power. And Mineru just says, like, dude, I ate some meals Now I'm good. And to his credit, Zelmota says, that doesn't make any sense. You're <laughs> an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know if the show is trying to tell us that Minoru is, in, is invincible to electricity, but he only needs to realize it, or if the show is telling us that Minoru is so dumb that he could, like, be tricked into thinking that he is invincible.
1: Like his idiocy bends reality around yeah. itself. Um, well, either way, it works. At some Uh, point,
0: one of them, like, does, like, a sick, like, dirt bike jump towards him to crash into him. He catches them out of the air and throws them and the motorcycle halfway across the quarry. It's extremely good.
1: Yeah, Minoru, yeah, he's great in this. So then, uh, he's just like, okay, I'm kind of done with this. So he grabs both motorcycles, like, the positive and the negative, and morphs them into, like, Battle wands? Mm-hmm. And just starts using those to blast the rangers. Well, also, he grows. Oh, that's right. He grows, like, by himself. Right. Which Selmo and- is super impressed by. He's like, He's- wow, you could just do that? Like, he didn't even need to eat
0: any emo yokan, The one thing that, of course, we all know causes people to grow. Uh- <laughs> so he grows giant. Signalman is furious because he feels as though he should have been... Asked to give permission for this guy to grow giant, so he summons Cyrender, his giant robot.
1: Yeah. So they he summons Cyrender. Um, he starts he starts fighting giant Elekinta. It actually doesn't go super well at first, uh, because Cyrender is entirely made out of metal, which is conductive, mm-hmm. and so and has a lot of attacks that in well, he's just got the one big one where he shoots like a handcuff at you. Yeah, and so then, like. The electricity gets, gets blasted, zapped like, right. down
0: through the handcuff. But then RV Robo has been summoned and he's on the way. RV Robo also gets summoned by electricity. I'm sorry, not summoned by, zapped by electricity. Everyone else is having a bad time. is like, dude, don't worry about it. It's just like a little zap. We're all good. Let's murder this fool.
1: <laughs> um, and to his credit, that is precisely what they do. Yeah. So that's it. That's the end of Elekinta. Yeah, that is the and end I was of the legendary really, power. Yeah, I was again. I really feel like they should have tucked this idea away, and this this should have been like a late '40s episode. Mm-hmm. And Elekinta should have stuck around for a few episodes. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: but what I really like is right after this, before we get to the end of the episode, we have a brief aside back in the Barabar- the BB Saloon on Barabarian. And it's President Dynamo and Zelmota. And like, Zelmota's plan didn't work, right? Like, he knocked out President Gynamo. He did it himself. And it still didn't work. But the two of them are sitting at the bar together. And they're like, man, this one didn't work. But you know what? You and me, we're gonna make this happen. Like, we're bros till the end. Like, let's murder it. these fools.
1: Um, And again, man, I'm... I'm mean, at this point. I, don't I don't kind
0: want the, of rooting for them. I don't want the Car Rangers to lose, but I also I don't know. Like I, this I, is the I, most I think in any season that I have been secretly. I guess I'm telling you right now, so it's not a secret that I have been rooting for the villains to get like a face turn at the end and like not get killed.
1: You know, yeah. It's not that I want the Car Rangers to lose because of course the defending Earth, but like. I'm not invested in the Car Rangers winning. You right. know what I mean? Like, when it was the Jetman, I was just like, yes, I want you guys to win. With at this point with the Car Rangers, I'm like, well, you guys are gonna win. Like I, I guess I do because I live on Earth and you're defending Earth, but like I'm not emotionally invested in you winning in that in that same way. Right. Uh, like so you were
0: you are not as cool of a team as President Guidemo and Zelmota.
1: Yeah. So we just we go from there back to Pegasus Motors. And Minoru, he's so excited. He's like, guys, you helped me out so much. I you helped me get over this like a lifelong thing. I have gotten everybody I got everybody lunch. It's on me. Grilled eels, just regular grill deals, I would assume.
0: But he, like he does specifically say that they are not electric eels. He says that oh, they are
1: right. eclectic eels. Ha ha ha. And then everybody laughs. Uh,
0: because he cannot afford electric eels because payday has not come around yet.
1: Yeah, and then they do present him Yuko and uh, Natsumi, do present him with the bill for the electric eels that they that they fed him, and he's and, like,
0: uh, and he immediately freaks out. He's like, oh. Uh, hey, you guys are currently eating my the race balls that I ordered, so you're all going to chip in on this stuff, right? And then all of them say,
1: ha ha ha, no, you idiot, now you're broke. And then the episode ends. <laughs> That's it, with him begging his friends for help, <laughs> and them all eating his good, good food.
0: It's an extremely good episode.
1: So, um, yeah, so that, Matt, is the end of the episode, but of course... It's not the end of our episode.
0: No, Dave, because first, you and I need to determine where Ilakinta falls in the creature of Royale. And Dave,
1: I love this guy. I, okay, I am really into this guy. The only thing that I think he's going to get dinged for, and this doesn't come up a lot, but it does come up occasionally, is like wasted potential.
0: Yeah, it does. I mean... This guy could have, as you said, if he had come up in 30 episodes, he could have been, like, the penultimate dude of this season.
1: Yeah, like, easily, easily. Okay, so you know what? Here's where I think we should start. I think we should start with Iron Mask Cherio. Because I feel like he operates in it, like... It's that same... Same vibe for me, right? Super cool villain. Has a lot of potential. Didn't actually stick around that much, right? Came um,
0: sort of too early in the season to have the impact that he was suppo- that he could have.
1: So now I think I think Iron Mask Choryu is better than Elekinta.
0: Yeah, because the, I mean, okay, Elekinta is kind as you said. I think he's equivalent to an Iron Mask Choryu. I think that Elekinta is a great example of a character where like. He is not the the thrust of the episode, right? like the plan like the evil plan to destroy the car Rangers is not his plan. He right. is just sort of like a monster that has been summoned to do a thing, but he's a really good version of that. He's got a great look. his origin is very cool. He's like this legendary thing that's been trapped beyond the speed force. Um he is the first and potentially only person in this show to exhibit the ability to grow without eating emoyokan. Like, you know, he's sort of in that zone. Like, he is a good version of... Let's say he's a good version of Thunder from Die Ranger.
1: Yes. Yeah, I think it's actually a really good... And
0: I think we can go, like, well above Thunder, but, like, he sort of fills that same role. The person that I'm thinking of who is sort of in that Iron Mask Choryu zone, but maybe fills this, uh, the same kind of role as Ilakinta. Is Meteor Bem?
1: Okay, yeah, I, I Does can. Does that dig make sense? That. It totally makes sense, and I do like liking quite a bit more than Meteor Bem. Quite a bit more, okay.
0: So, did you forget, Dave, that Meteor Bem was a monster made out of a meteor that was specifically immune to bradonic waves, and that he destroyed the entire like uh, Jet Force base?
1: Okay, those are all. Those things are very cool. Um. Alakinta has a way cooler look. He does. He absolutely does. So, although actually, although I I, I said I liked him a lot more, I do like him more. They're only a few spots away.
0: Yeah. So. So between Iron Mask Choryu, we've got Evil Mastermind Genius
1: Kuroda. Who I also love.
0: And we've got Baromicron.
1: Baromicron is also really neat. I am actually going to say, I'm going to say beneath Evil Mastermind Genius Kuroda. And, but above above Baramicron.
0: Yeah, I, I like that, Dave. So the, so if we put it between those two, then Ilakinta becomes our new number 39 on the list.
1: That is correct.
0: Now, will I ever be able to say no, his 38, name? No, 38. 38. Will I ever be able to say his name without accidentally uh, act, saying Lakinta, like the Lakinta in? No, I won't. But on the other hand, the sixth episode of this show was recorded in a La Quinta Inn. And so I don't Good think point, that's Matt. a bad thing. There you go. Anyway, so that, Dave, that now is going to do it for another episode of Licensed to Car Ranger. Before we finish up here, I'd like to remind you all that you can email the show at supercentirebrothers at gmail.com. If you want to get any updates on future episodes or check out the things that we've mentioned on the show, we are on Twitter at Bros. If you like the show, please remember that shining in the iTunes review section, there are five stars. Rate, review, subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever it is that you find the show. That would be super cool of you. The Super Sentai Brothers are a production of Retrograde Orbit Radio. To catch any of the other great Retrograde Orbit Radio shows, you can do that all at retrogradeorbitradio.com. Once again, we are the Super Sentai Brothers. I'm Matt. I'm Dave. And we'll see you next week for the greatest show on Earth.